We're here. We made it. It's the last regular season game for Texas Tech in Stillwater. I'm going to be breaking down what the Red Raiders need to do to win against a rolling Cowboys team coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey everybody. Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the uh, Locked On Podcast Network. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you have not subscribed to our channel, please do so right now. It would greatly help us out. Just, just, just go do it. It would, it would mean a lot to us, and it would very much help the show continue to grow and help us know what you want to see from us. I'm Ryan Mainville. I cover Texas Tech for the Dallas Morning News. Usually, I'm joined by Emery Lida, um, but dude has been holding down the fort this week for me as I've just had a whirlwind of a week, and so I greatly appreciate him, and I greatly appreciate you continuing to tune in. Emery will be back next week. Um, as we take a look at what happened in the Oklahoma State game. Um, But that's what we've got to talk about right now, because it is March, which is crazy to think about, that we're uh, about 11 months out from where it looked like Texas Tech's basketball program was going to be entering a little bit of a rebuild. Um, At this point, it had only been a few days since, obviously, um, Texas Tech was suddenly found itself in a search for a head coach. Um, But now they are pretty much solidified as at least at least a four seed, likely a three seed, maybe even a two seed, depending on what happens in the Big 12 tournament. But it's a really exciting time to be following Texas Tech sports. I know that I've greatly enjoyed covering this team. Um, This is now my third season covering Texas Tech basketball. It's just been an absolute joy this year. This is a very special team, and I think that they've got a lot of good things going for them, but obviously first order of business before any tournament talk is taking care of Oklahoma State on Saturday in Gallagher Iba. So this Oklahoma State team caught a lot of eyes. I know that uh, I was talking to some people about their game against Iowa State on uh, Red Raider Sports. I, I saw on Twitter at a couple of places, but I know that whenever, <laughs> whenever your defense holds an opponent to 36 points, in this conference, of all conferences, um, there's going to be some chatter. And obviously, what Oklahoma State did against Iowa State on March 2nd, Wednesday, I believe, um, was just earth-shattering. And, and it was crazy to watch unfold. I caught a little, little bit of that second half, and man, Cyclones just had nothing going for them. Finished the game with a 55 and a half offensive rating. That is absolutely abysmal. 30.2 effective field goal percentage. They shot 28% from the field, 40% from the free throw line, 11% from three. Just a game that, you know, I think I think it's two things. And I think that two things are true about what we saw in this game. Number one, Iowa State's offense is bad, which I um, have been on record of saying multiple times, Isaiah Brockington is, is the truth, man. Like, that guy is a really, really good guard. You put him on this Texas Tech roster, and some very scary things start happening in March. But outside of him, 
Um, it's really difficult for them to find a bucket at times, especially against defenses with length, because those defenses tend to guard the perimeter so well. And that's really what we saw um, when Texas Tech beat Iowa State in Lubbock, but also whenever it was a close game, when Texas Tech just had seven dudes that were suited up in Ames, I thought that that was on display too. Obviously, Texas Tech just not nearly enough bodies to win them that game, but overall, um, I, I think that that's kind of what we saw is, is one, Iowa State's offense is as bad as it looks, and then two, Oklahoma State's defense might be better than we've given them credit for. I mean, the analytics have been pretty high on them all season. They are currently ninth in Kim Palm, so they are a top 10 defense in the country. That's really, really impressive. They're one of like only like three defenses in the country right now, I think, that are top 30 in both steals and blocks per game. They are uh, their first in blocks per game in the Big 12 and fifth in steals. So that's really, really impressive for your defense to be at the top half of both of those levels. And I mean, this team is so long, they're so athletic, and that's why we've seen them give teams who are undoubtedly less talented than them, I don't feel like that's a stretch to say, um, we've seen them give them troubles. I mean, this is a team that is currently 166th in adjusted offensive efficiency in Kempom. For reference, Texas Tech is 44th. And this Oklahoma State team is a team that has swept Baylor this year. Think about that for a second. Or they didn't sweep, sweep Baylor. They beat Baylor in Waco, and then they lost by two points in overtime. Like, that is very, very impressive. Even if they didn't walk away with the sweep, apologize for uh, misspeaking there. It is very, very impressive for them to be hanging around in games like this. And it's because their defense has the length to compete in moments like this, they have the opportunity to harass opposing offenses, and it's come out really, really clearly um, just what we've seen uh, over the course of the season, especially as Big 12 play has gone on. Um, they gave Texas some trouble in Austin, even though uh, the Cowboys lost that game. Uh, they've given TCU trouble in both of their games, kind of giving them uh, a taste of their own medicine there. But uh Iowa State, man, we haven't, or Oklahoma State, rather, excuse me, feels like we haven't seen them in forever. The last time these two teams met was January 13th, where Texas Tech pretty much just mopped the floor with him at United Supermarkets Arena, ended up winning that game 78-57. to After that, though, Oklahoma State started rolling a little bit. They got that win over Baylor, who was number one at the time in Waco. Then they beat TCU at, on or in Gallagher-Iba, had a close loss to Texas, close loss to Iowa State, got beat in the SEC Challenge by Florida, and then lost to Kansas State. So two pretty good wins, and then they drop four in a row. Um, and then they come back, they, they beat Oklahoma and Bedlam by nine in Stillwater. They lose a close one to TCU in Fort Worth. They blow West Virginia out at home, um, lose to Kansas in, in Fog Allen, not that great of a game beat Kansas State in overtime, lose to Baylor in overtime again, and then lose Bedlam in a game that really uh, Oklahoma State had no business being in. Oklahoma should have ran away with that one, but that's on them. And then most recently, obviously, the 53-36 to win. So this team, they have some weaknesses. I think it's clear. We'll talk about a little bit more of those on our next segment, but they are very, very much a team to respect. If for nothing else, 
than their defensive ability. I mean, they are a very, very good defensive team that is made up of a lot of good individual defenders. And I want to talk about some of those coming up in our next segment. March Madness is only two weeks away. That means that you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we're running brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. They have options to edit scoring and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not a resolution because I actually enjoy eating Built Bar products. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are low in calorie, high in protein. Replace your favorite candy bars with these. They are better. Go to Built.com and scroll down the macros chart. You're going to be blown away. They're high in protein, low in calorie, high in fiber, low in carb. Go to Built.com to get your hands on some today. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Hey, be sure to go check out the Locked On Bracket Breakdown on March 14th right here on the Locked On Texas Tech podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. Guys, we've had Andy on the show before, um, before Texas Tech played Gonzaga. He just had Ken Palm on his show the other day. I highly suggest you go check that out. But truly, there are a few better voices in college basketball right now than Andy Patton. Um, just a very, very smart guy, so you will not want to miss that. Um, but before Texas Tech can start thinking about their tournament, they got to think about Oklahoma State because this is obviously a very tricky team, a team that has given Iowa State, as we mentioned, just a world of offensive troubles. They're a team that's been in some very, very close games this season, and they're a team that can obviously give your offense fits. Um, I think that this is a really interesting matchup for Texas Tech. This is an Oklahoma State team that obviously um, kind of has nothing to lose at this point, if we're being honest. This is the last game of their season as they uh, will not be allowed to participate in the Big 12 tournament or the NCAA tournament as a result of some NCAA violations. And so this is a team that essentially is putting it all out, all out on the court one more time for this season. And then they're just going to live with what they got, hopefully uh, wash their hands a little bit and get into a new season um, next year with, with less violations. But uh, this Oklahoma State team, man, very, very interesting group. Um, I, I think that kind of the story for this team all, all year has been um, what, what is Avery Anderson going to do? Um, obviously, this team tried to incorporate him into more of a true point guard role this offseason. That did not happen. Um, he did not really thrive in that role, um, and he's just kind of resorted to being typical Avery Anderson, taking the ball to the basket, um, shooting a lot of threes, getting to the free throw line quite a bit. 
um, stealing the ball a lot on defense. He he has very, very good hands, um, kind of Davion Warren-esque hands. I feel like that's fair of me to say. I think he I think he's that good of a defender. Um, but just a guy that's really interesting. I mean, Texas Tech, uh, he, he was silenced in Lubbock. He went uh, 0 for 6 from the field, uh, two points, both of them from the free throw line. He had three turnovers and two fouls, and that was his night. It was not a pretty one for him or really for anybody on this Oklahoma State offense, except for Bryce Thompson, who ended the game with 14 points on 5 of 11 shooting. Um, obviously, this is a guy that I think a lot of people thought was going to go to Oklahoma State before he initially ended up going to Kansas and then uh, later transferring to Oklahoma State. But he is found a little bit of a rhythm. Um, he's continuing to build confidence in Big 12 play. He is currently the second leading scorer on this team in conference games at 11.7 points per game. Um, he has not found the three ball very well. That could be said for pretty much everybody on this team. Um, it's not a strength of his right now. He, he shoots it quite a bit, but it, it's it's not a weapon. Um, he's just a gadgety player. Uh, has like a two-level score ability, really. I mean, he gets the ball to the basket pretty well. He's got a decent mid-range shot, kind of a work in progress, but uh, I could see it coming around in, in a few years or, or even next year after he gets some development with it. But a guy that's very, very lengthy, his wingspan is nuts. I remember just following his recruitment pretty loosely and uh, being very interested to see where he would end up because he's a very interesting player. Um, a, a guy, again, that I think was really interesting to watch in that Texas Tech first matchup was Musa Cisse, a guy that played about 23 minutes, um, only at eight points, but I thought that he looked pretty decent against a defense that uh, stretched everything. I mean, here's what's really interesting, though, is that Texas Tech has gotten the ball inside so consistently this season, um, and I was wondering, hey, Cisse is probably the best shot blocker in the Big 12 at this point. I don't feel like that's... Um, a reach. I don't feel like that's inaccurate. He just had one block in this game. I, I think that that's a big, big win for you if you're Texas Tech. Um, and I think if you can replicate that again in this one, you'll be in very, very good shape. Ice Likely is obviously a guy that can go for many, many buckets any night, um, contributes a lot on the defensive end, even in ways that don't show up on the box score. Um, he was just one of five from the field in Lubbock, but got to the free throw line four times. I think that that's something to continue to watch in this game is just how comfortable he is getting to the free throw line. And then obviously Keelan Boone is kind of their uh, their one hit wonder in terms of shooting the three. He takes about five per game and, and still in conference play under 32% from, from deep. So it's not, it's not a weapon and he's really their only option there. But another guy that is very lengthy comes off the bench for them and, and just tries to do what he can from beyond the perimeter. One more guy I want to touch on um, that was noticeable in that first matchup in Lubbock was Matthew Alexander Moncrief, um, also known as MAM, had nine points, six boards, three assists, one turnover in that first matchup. Um, kind of plays like a stretch four. He's a big wing. Really, really interesting player. I really like his game. Um, I think he's got some development to, to work on, but man, he's a, he's a really interesting player. I think that he's a guy that will be somebody to watch in this game. He is a guy that obviously can put the ball in the basket whenever he wills, and Texas Tech needs to be sure to avoid that at whatever cost. But uh, in our next segment, I want to get into my key game and my score prediction, but first, a word from our sponsor. 
Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, final game of the regular season for the Red Raiders, final game of the season for the Cowboys in Stillwater. Um, Oklahoma State will want to do whatever possible to secure a victory, last chance to win. Um, this is going to be a, a feisty game, man. I, I think that obviously we've learned now at, at this point in the season that there are no gimmies in the Big 12. Um, all of these teams are, are com- competitive and capable of, of winning a game on any given night. Um, but this Oklahoma State team just feels a little bit dangerous because of their length, because of their risk factor. I mean, at this point, they have nothing to lose. They can put it all on the table. They can throw a bunch of random things at you and, and just hope for the best. Um, I'm really, really interested in this matchup because I think that I'm really curious to know how Texas Tech feels um, after their win against Kansas State. Now, I know that's a little bit of an absurd thing to, to think about. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. But, uh, you know, you won a game. You finished 18-0 and at home on the season. That's a huge, huge thing to do. But your offense in that second half, it, I just think it warrants the conversation of, of urgency. I think it warrants uh, an honest evaluation of what you're doing. Uh, of what you can improve on, of, of how you can kind of change the trajectory of your season. I think that those are things that, that are that are being willing to be or, or that are fair to be raised at this point in Texas Tech's season. And so I'm just really curious on the mood inside of Texas Tech's locker room. Obviously, um, that's not something that like I, I have access to or even if I did, I don't think I would share that. But uh, I just think it is interesting to know how urgent this team is going to come out on Saturday because I do think that that'll play a big part in Texas Tech securing a victory. That's actually one of my keys to the game. And I don't like to talk a lot about the mental stuff. Um, I'm, I'm not a competitive basketball player. I don't get it in the way that these guys get it. Um, I'm, I'm not as competitive as they are. Um, and I don't ever want to sound like I'm undermining someone, but I do think that that's a factor in this game. I think Oklahoma State's going to come out really, really urgent. And if Texas Tech isn't, I could see that causing some troubles for them. But uh, other than that, I think that if Texas Tech can replicate a lot of what they did in the first contest, they will be in good shape. What they did was get the ball inside. They were not phased by Oklahoma State's length. Um, they, they scored 78 points in this game. I think if Texas Tech can do that once again, that's going to be obviously a very, very, very helpful aspect of securing a victory is scoring points where they are easy. Texas Tech relied a lot on the three-point line in the last couple of games, and it's given them some troubles. They've also been having to force-feed the ball inside to Bryson Williams, and while I think that you want that guy getting as many touches as possible, it's difficult really to justify running that scheme when it's doing more harm than good. Um, Texas Tech needs to force turnovers and, and not and not commit any of their own. I think that Texas Tech actually needs to do a lot better job at crashing the offensive glass in this game. Um, 
Texas Tech only had five offensive rebounds in this game. Granted, they made 50% of their shots, uh, but Oklahoma State had 13. That's not a number that you want to be giving up um, against a team that really struggles offensively. That allows you to put them into a ditch that they can't get out of, and it's just crazy to think about where Oklahoma State would have been in um, if they hadn't gotten all those offensive rebounds in this game. But really really intriguing matchup here on Saturday. I don't I don't really know how to feel about it at this point, honestly, but I'm going to go ahead and pick Texas Tech to win this game. Uh, close, 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 low scoring. Um, I'm going to take Texas Tech to win this game 61 to 60. So um, the, the lowest scoring game since Texas Tech beat Texas in Austin, I believe it would be their third lowest scoring game of the Big 12 other than uh, or their third lowest scoring win. Obviously, they had the uh, the losses to Kansas State and Iowa State. But uh, I do think that Texas Tech can win a rock fight, especially against this team. I don't think that Oklahoma State has the offensive firepower to stay with them. But I think that Texas Tech truly is the better team here. I'm just a little bit intrigued by what Oklahoma State is going to do and how they're going to come out on Saturday. But thank you for tuning in to my preview of the Oklahoma State-Texas Tech regular season finale. I'm sure it'll be a good one. I hope that you enjoy that game, and I hope that you enjoyed this preview. If you did, you can let me know on Twitter. You can follow me at LBK. You can subscribe to the Locked on Texas Tech YouTube channel. Um, and, and just let us know what you think. Leave a review wherever you listen. It would be a great help. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day, and I'll make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Brian Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for joining, and we will see you on Monday.